Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning, whether here in sanctuary or online. Welcome. My name is Mike Sager, along with Pastor Craig Larson. We are the pastors here at Desert Hills, and it's great to have you here worshiping with us this morning. If you are part of this community, you know that every time we gather for worship, we remind ourselves and the world what we believe God is calling us to be about. So I invite you to join with me as we proclaim together our mission statement. Here at Desert Hills Luther Church, we celebrate, we make, who make a difference. May it be so among us today and every day of our lives. Some announcements for the weeks ahead. First of all, um, Tuesday is what? Valentine's Day. Day. You're, come on, it's Tuesday. Uh, Valentine's Day is Tuesday. So there is fair trade uh, chocolate. So make sure you get back there, get some chocolate, coffee, uh, oils, and teas. You can do that. And then the next week is Ash Wednesday. So February 22nd is our Ash Wednesday. So just put that on your calendar. We'll be having worship at noon, at 5, and at 7. So a lot going on here in the weeks ahead. You may have heard, if not, be aware that the uh, golf tournament for the uh, foundation has been postponed it's supposed to be 49 tomorrow and rainy. So luckily they postponed it to February 27th. Same time, same location, different date. Uh, if you would like to still play and had, did not sign up for it, uh, there, you still have an opportunity to do that. So if this date works better for you and now you can play, please sign up. The Social Concerns Ministry is sponsoring the TTT Drive. Toothpaste, toothbrushes, toilet paper. This week through the 19th. So please bring those items in. You can drop them in the northwest hallway. You received this morning uh, a survey. If you did not receive a survey, there will be more out here on the table. Uh, this is an invitation just to share with us some ideas about what some are some of the activities you would like us to look at trying to do in the future. So please fill those out during the uh, either now or right after worship. And there are baskets out in the, uh, on the table out here, over here at this exit, the main exit. Drop them in so that way we make sure that you, we receive your, your, your um, responses to that survey. Again, just a great opportunity for us uh, to just to know what are some different things you would like uh, here at Desert Hills. Join the food, fun, and fellowship team. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. So the game starts at 4.30. We'll start here at 4 o'clock. Get ourselves ready. Have our good seats ready as the, uh, when the kickoff starts. And we'll watch the game together. We'll have some food, some uh, games, and just a great opportunity to be together in fellowship. So I invite you to come today at 4 o'clock and watch the game. The men's breakfast is this Thursday, February 16th. Last day to purchase tickets is tomorrow. So if you would like to get your ticket, please purchase your tickets by tomorrow. This Friday is Espresso Self. So we're going to be at Pasava Java uh, this Friday from 9 to 10.30. Stop by, uh, get a chance to meet each other, and just have a cup of coffee and conversation. We are encouraging you to wear your name tag. And then we're also encouraging you to maybe sit with someone you don't know. This is a great opportunity for you to meet someone maybe who sits on the other side of the church or comes to a different worship service. Uh, so it's a great chance to meet some new people and you'll discover that you probably have a lot in common. You may have been even neighbors some uh, previous location. So come, uh, learn about your neighbors and just have an opportunity to be together this Friday. Next weekend, see I told you it's going to be a busy week. Next, next weekend... 
on Saturday and Sunday. Dr. Michael Chan is going to be here. He's an excellent speaker and teacher. Highly encourage you to come. He will have three opportunities to come and listen to him. You can hear him at 10 o'clock where he talks about Abraham and Sarah from the Jewish perspective. Uh, there will be lunch at 11.30. If you want to stay for lunch, where, uh, please let us know so we make sure that we have enough uh, food for you. And then at 1 o'clock, he'll be sharing again the same story, but from a Muslim perspective. And then on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., he's going to be talking about the same story from a Christian perspective. And realize that there are similarities in our understanding. There are also some differences. So that may help you understand how that story speaks to so many people in their lives and in their faith journey. Flourishing in the third, third of life. And guess what? We're all there. Uh, so we are in the third, third of life. But that does not mean this is a time to... To have life shrink is a time for life to flourish and expand. So we're going to be offering a class on Friday starting February 24th through March 31st from 11 to noon. Um, and we're going to be going through um, some um, exercises and just watching some videos together and conversations about how do we flourish and how is God working in our lives at this point in our, in our life's uh, journey. Um, the space is limited because this is the first time I'm doing it, so I kind of want to get a feel how it works. Hoping to offer it again later on, but if you're interested, please call the church office. There is a, a minimal charge of $10 for the uh, booklet, and then um, if you just want more information, please get a hold of me. And then today, we get to welcome uh, Reverend Daniel Riff, uh, who is the director of the ELCA World Hunger and Luther Disaster Response. So thank you, Daniel, for being here. You will hear this morning how God is working through us and among us across the world and across our neighborhood. So we're, we're thankful for hearing how uh, we do make a difference together across the, uh, all of God's creation. So thank you for being here today. Those are our announcements for today. Again, make sure that you, if you don't, didn't hear one, pick up one of the sheets that lists the announcements or go to our website or call the church office and they can give you more information. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we are just so thankful to be here today. Bless us, whether here in sanctuary or online, may we know your presence and peace. May we feel your presence as we are reminded of your call in our lives to care for one another in this journey of life. May we lift our hearts and our voices in praise and thanks for all that you have done and continue to do in our lives and through us into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to please stand for our opening hymn.
And so we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. Therefore, to those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. throughout the world for the unity of all let us pray to the Lord for your people here who have come to give you praise for the strength to live your word let us pray to the Lord. and peace to his people on earth.
Let us pray. Lord God, mercifully we see the prayers of your people. Help us to see and understand the things we ought to do. And give us grace and power to do them. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Today's first scripture reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Now during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prosherus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. The word of the Lord.
Today's scripture, second scripture reading, is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. O oh Lord, listen to your children praying. Send your Holy Spirit to this place. Open our ears that may, we may hear your word in new, renewed fervor. Open our eyes that we may, be, may see around us your presence in this world. Open our hearts that we may be a people of your love for all people. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, it's wonderful to be here this morning. Again, my name is Dan Rift. I work principally with uh, ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, uh, of which this Desert Hills is a member congregation, focused on hunger and disaster response, particularly to encourage you to know about the ways in which your generosity, your commitment, your prayers, your concerns for the ways we do work in times of disaster and in response to hunger live out into the world. <clears throat> it, this is my first time to be able to speak here at Desert Hills, although I have been here once before. There was a Sunday when I was traveling he through here and I needed to go to church. So I came in the door, snuck in the door over there, sat down on the pew and enjoyed church. Now, I, 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 this is prior to your current clergy. I can't tell you what the scripture was of that day. I can't tell you anything about the sermon from that day. I do remember the coffee time, though, so that was great. That was wonderful. But what I do remember is the depth of commitment, the conversation that was going on here about mission. We actually 
There was a conversation going on behind me about Liberia and what was going on in Liberia. I remember the heart of this congregation, the care that you have for the world. And I know several folks who have been here since then. Um, uh, Anne and Willie Lange were here, here earlier this year. I think my friend Robin Brown was here, my colleague Robin Brown. Um, I believe Rahel was here uh, last year talking about mission. And they all come back with this renewed sense of, of heightened expectation of what is possible when God's spirit works. And then um, I worked for several years with Ron Glusenkamp. So Ron has texted me several times uh, in the last few days. The first was as I was walking in the door for the first service, he write, God bless you, please greet the congregation for me. I, I thought... You know, is Rob trying to, Ron trying to set my phone off when I have a microphone right next to it? See if I have this turned off? I wouldn't put it past Ron. But I have to say that you, he just loves this congregation, the experience he's had here. So he asked me to greet you. Um, and, uh, but I want to thank you. I want to thank you personally as a friend of Ron for the ways that you, were, you have been a community to him in the time that he journeyed with you in ministry. So thank you for being who you are. You know, actually, that brings me to this point. You may not remember the scripture for today. You may not remember any of my points. But the one thing I want to make sure that you hear is thank you. Thank you for being church. Thank you for the ways that you commit to respond to needs close by with this, with the TTT program for the most, for the moment, but the social concerns committee and all the ways that you have fun with showing the love of Christ. And I want to thank you for the ways that you've made commitments to addressing hunger, to responding to disaster, to considering ministry, even beyond the bounds of this community, even beyond the neighbors that you might meet and know here. Thank you for the ways that you show that kind of audacious grace to other people. I started in high school caring about what was happening in hunger in the world. In fact, as a high school student, I had this profound sense that I needed to make sure that my life made a difference and I particularly wanted it to make a difference in response to what was going on in hunger in the world. Uh, it may be because my father grew up uh, in Europe between World War I and World War II, where there was such um, hunger and shortage of food at the time. Uh, it might have been what I was hearing was going on in the world in rolling times of famine. And indeed, that has been the heart. In fact, I could say in many ways that that commitment led me into the church and certainly into ministry in the church. Um, I found in the church a community that came together that had the potential and was making actions in a commitment to change the trajectory of people's lives, to change the direction in which people's lives were going for the better, for good. Now that is an audacious claim that we can change the trajectory of people's lives. So you might say to me, Dan, what do you mean by that? Change the trajectory of people's lives. So I'll give you one example from Haiti. Haiti is the poorest country in this hemisphere, the most challenged country, I think, in terms of poverty, and certainly uh, is quite an unstable nation in many ways. Many, many people in Haiti are born, grow up, <clears throat> as one of my friends said, has to make a choice between going to school or 
going to fetch water because they're no close in wells, don't have the resources to be able to make a future for themselves and end up in a, a situation of unimaginable poverty or of being, having to be displaced and leave to someplace else. Our work in Haiti has evolved in agriculture. And your work in Haiti, because you've helped us support this, we work primarily in Grand Anse, which is in the southwest part of the island and along the border between Haiti and the Dominican Republic. In, along the border, we work um, in teaching grafting, how to graft fruit and ve uh, onto um, uh, rootstock so that it has greater commercial value and um, a better uh, yield. And in Grand Anse, we are the pig people. You are the pig people, I should say. You are the pig people because all the pigs were wiped out by disease and you, through the church, made a commitment to replace those. Now, I know the Good Gifts catalog is one of the things, the Good Gifts Fair is one of the things that really has taken hold here at Desert Hills. So you might have bought a pig for $50. In fact, um, the pigs that have been provided through the support to the work that we do in Haiti have gone out into communities in Grand Anse. And the, the pigs are wonderful in many ways, partly because um, in a litter of pigs, you can have 10 or 12 that are born, which means that it changes the economy of a family's life. The responsibility is to share at least two of those with neighbors. And so then it changes the direction of a whole community. <clears throat> There's accountability that's built in here. And part of the accountability is this. I met a nine-year-old boy, Henri, when I was in Grand Anse. Henri had his pig on a leash going down to the pig club. Because everybody, when you get a pig, has to join a pig club. It's typically the kids who help to take care of the pigs after school. And that way, you get, the pig gets seen by a vet. That way, you, you, there's accountability to the community when the pig have offspring to turn over some of those so that neighbors can receive it. And that way, there's learning about how to properly care for a pig. They have the little songs even about how pig is our health care and pigs are our school fees. And they are. That pig becomes the ability for a community to send their, or for a family to send their kids to school. It becomes the ability to go to the clinic when you get sick. It becomes the promise and the hope for the future. That's what you are doing. That's the audacious change that happens as a result of the commitments that you are making to this kind of work. It's not so different than even what we heard today in the book of Acts. As the disciples were gathering together, things were going pretty well. And you know, in churches, when things are going pretty well, the first thing we think of is, well, let's not change anything. And then some women came who are saying there's an injustice being done here. The widows who are Greek are not getting distribution of food. They're going hungry. So the apostles got together and thought about this. 
And they said, well, we, we, things are going well. We're doing what we're doing. So we need folks who are going to go and carry out this ministry of making sure that hunger is not part of our community. And they named seven people to lead that. And if you trace church history, those seven people changed not only the trajectory of what went on in their community, but the trajectory of the church itself. Because those are the folks who started to carry the good news of God out beyond the Jewish community, out to the Greeks, and out to the rest of the Gentile community, to the claim of that vision that we see in the book of Acts, that the gospel shall spread to the ends of the earth. Gospel and service have always gone together. The gifts that you share that enable us to respond in times of disaster and to respond to hunger, in fact, create a witness. And that witness creates an invitation for people to understand a God of grace, a God of love, a God of care. It is an audacious act to look at the realities of hunger in the world and say, people don't have to be hungry. In the course of our lives, hunger, extreme hunger, has been cut by almost two-thirds. We can see into the future the reality of the end of this extreme hunger. The models that we've developed that have shown all the way back to the book of Acts are what have become standards around the world for changing this reality. And it spreads all around the world. We have more than 60 countries in which we work because of the generosity that you provide. So thank you. Thank you for the ways that you support this work. Thank you for the hope that you instill. Thank you for this audacious generosity. Now I have to say that just as in the book of Acts, as we've been active in Haiti and other countries like Cambodia and in South Sudan, as we've been in service to neighbors, people have seen the witness of that gospel promise and they've begun to come to church and to ask who are these Lutherans? Who are these Protestants? Who are these people who are, who are willing to come and to support us in our communities? So just as in the book of Acts, the gospel spreads as service is done. Thank you for that reality and for making that possible. We are a people of hope in challenging times. And so we look to the realities of some of the challenges that have been before us. And I'm sure that you would like to know a little bit more about what's going on in Ukraine and what's going on with the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. So just uh, briefly, in Ukraine, you and other congregations, you and other individuals responded quickly, and we had great connections already in the community, in the countries around Ukraine that had strength of ministry that had been built up principally since the fall of the Soviet Union. Over these decades, that has meant service to neighbors. So let me give you an, one example. Alexandria has a son an eight-year-old son who has both physical and intellectual disabilities. And so when she had to flee her home, she fled, waited for more than 72 hours at a train station to get a train that ended up in Slovakia. 
at wit's end, she ended up at the door of the Lutheran church because there were Lutherans who were in the train station pointing people to where there was space available. And she knew that she needed services that probably could never be found in another nation, certainly not from strangers. But she went to the church. Now, as it ends up, the Lutheran church in Slovakia has taken up the challenge of working with children with disabilities, has special schools for this. We're able to expand that school, including the footprint of that school, because of the support that was provided through your gifts to work in Ukraine. And now, Alexandria and her son have a place where they can thrive. She has been able to go to work. He has been able to go to school. And this situation, at least for now, has ended as one that was far beyond her own dreams of possibility. And that's been repeated over and over again. And as we put in support, other organizations and agencies have supported the work because it's practical, it's dependable, it's reliable, and it's grounded in knowledge and experience that few other organizations have. You know, all the way back to the book of Acts, we've been responding to neighbors who are in need. We are, I would say, the longest standing, continuous organization working in response to hunger in the world. And you are part of carrying that audacious claim of changing the trajectory of people's lives into the future. And so now we face the news on television of this terrible earthquake. You know, we have been active in terrible earthquakes before. Scripture speaks, though the earth might quake. And yet we know we stand on solid ground and have a promise in the midst of that. We've had support of ongoing work in Syria. We don't have a Lutheran presence in Syria, but ongoing support, particularly through the Orthodox community and through some of the Lutheran agencies that are European-based, working in a hard and difficult situation over time. We have ties in Turkey with some organizations, but our primary focus is Syria because there are few U.S. organizations that can reach into Syria, and there is less likelihood for support for the people of Syria, and it is in a more rural area. And so this is what calls us to that ministry. It's part of this audacious commitment that we have. So I want to thank you for the ways that you commit to that as well. I ask for your continued prayers for the kind of ministry that we're, that you, that we're about because of your support. I ask for your continued attention to what's going on in these kind of situations. In our gospel lesson today, it comes from the end of the gospel of John. And it's a turning moment where the disciples, who had left their fishing boats, do you remember that story? I will make you fishers of people. Realize, without Jesus' presence, that they are uncertain about the mission to which they're called. And you can almost see them fretting in the upper room. What are we to do with ourselves? You can almost see them wondering, what's the action from here? And in the midst of that, somebody puts down their hand and goes, well, I'm going to go fishing. At least I know how to do that. 
And yet a whole night of fishing and nothing is caught. And then a voice comes from the, from the sea shot. Throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Now, now I, I, I don't know if you've been fishing with nets. But the fact that you're going over here and catch nothing. And you're going over here and you catch such abundance you can't even pull it in. Is... Well, let's say not natural. <laughs> I think it's an allegory. The reality is that many of us feel this kind of sense that the nets are not full. There is scarcity. There is uncertainty. And yet the encounter with the living Christ, the voice of Jesus, the, has them casting nets and realizing that right under their boat is abundance. An audacious hauling in of fish. And Peter runs to the shore. Runs to the shore. And he falls to Jesus. And he says, Lord. And they share in the breaking of the bread. And then Jesus asks him a question. Do you, do you remember this story? Do, do you know the question that he asks him? Do you love me? Do you love me? I think, I think it's the same question that we wrestle with. How do we answer yes to that? Some of us are ready when that question would come to jump up with joy and say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Some of us might be a little more timid and uncertain in the midst of that. But Jesus' answer to Peter, do you love me? To which Peter says, Lord, of course you know I love you. Especially by the third time he asks it, you can almost hear the exasperation in his voice. Is this, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. I think in this ministry that we share, in hunger and in times of disaster, it's more than simply changing the trajectory of people's lives, of communities around the world, of what's happening in the world. I believe it changes the trajectory of our own life, especially our own spiritual life. To be able to feed, to be able to tend, to be able to care, those shape the ways that we can answer, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in this same audacious way that we have claimed today of what's happening in the world. I want to encourage you to, to audacious, to do some kind of act of audacious generosity. Something that you're called to. Something that your heart is open to. Prayer, study, care for somebody nearby, generosity in your giving. Make an act of audacious generosity and see how it makes you feel. Make an act of audacious generosity and see what it does to your sense and spirit of hope. Make an act of audacious generosity and see how it is that it helps you to jump from the pew and say, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Thank you. Thank you for the ways that you allow God's spirit to work through you. Thank you for being the people of God here in this place. 
Thank you for the ways that you spread that love, not only here, but around the world. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs>
preparation for our prayers, we hear the words from the 46th Psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with the tumult. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you have called us and you have gathered us this day to give you our thanks, our prayers, our gifts of time for all that you continue to do in inspiring us to be and bring that mission to the world, to bring that good news that is so sorely needed, to be that voice of help and hope for all the people. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, we pray for those who have been added to our prayer list. We pray for Merritt Howard, Ken, Va Ken Van Rui, Del Blowers, and Jane Camus. God, continue to be with them and give them that strength that they need in this moment and in this time. Lord, we thank you for those who are leaving the prayer list with thanksgiving. We pray and give you thanks that you have been with Andrea Scott Walter, Bonnie Sturtz, Lorelei Conrad, Mary Lou Wheeler. God, we thank you for you are active in and amongst and around all who we care about and all who we pray for. We take this moment now, God, to pray for those who we know to be in special need, as well as those cares and concerns that are in our hearts as we lift up this time for prayer. Lord, in your mercy. God, our refuge, we come to aid of all that are following. Our brothers and sisters in the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria give strength to those who are searching and those who are giving comfort. Help us and give them that promise that we are always with you in prayer, leading and guiding in your gracious, caring arms. We pray, God, for the work of Lutheran Disaster Response. For truly, Lord, where they are, we are there as well. Give us that understanding and help them to be part of our prayers. Lord, in your mercy. God, we do pray for all the things that happen in and amongst and around this place of desert hills. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us, you have gathered us, and you have made us your children so that we can continue to be the presence of in this community, and in this faith. We pray, God, and we give you thanks for all the support that has been given to our local food banks and those who continue to take and are shared in the generosity that we have. Lord, in your mercy. God, we pray for all those who are gathered this day, those that are online and those that are here. Help us always to be encouraged in the faith that you have provided for us because of the love that you have, because of and through your blessed Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us all to pray as we join together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now they can stand. <laughs> I invite you to please stand. First of all, what a wonderful day it was to worship. I want to thank Pastor uh, Daniel Riff for sharing today this claim of God upon us and our lives as we go out and live audacious lives in God's grace and presence. Now hear God's blessing as God sends us out into the world. May the love of Jesus draw us to himself. May the power of Jesus strengthen us in his service. As we bring light and love, hope and healing to the world. May the joy of Jesus fill your spirits. And may the blessings of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon us this day. And remain with us always. Amen. Our sending him. to the world to be a blessing to others. Thanks, Thanks be to God.